Jazz, Red Pie. And you do not want to miss the coach, David Thorpe, True Hoop, on their potential and what they could do on the show today. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga. Podcast is on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz and MLS 3112, equal housing lender. This is a basketball nerd show today. It's David Thorpe. He gives basketball information into your face with the way that he looks at the game, what the Jazz are doing this year, and how high level of play Rudy Gobert is at right now. So a lot of basketball. Now I'll keep it quick off the top. As the Jazz, seven games in a row, 4-0 on the road trip. They crushed the Wizards on Saturday. It is super impressive to see the way that they're playing right now. Over the run, average margin of victories, 18.7 points. So just hovering around 20-point blowouts. On Saturday, Jazz did what very good teams tend to do. If you watch so many of these NBA games, you're on league pass, you see... So many games when they're playing against lesser talented teams, a a great team playing a average team, those games are over in the third quarter. They extend the lead, and they get it to a point where they are completely in control by the third quarter. And that's what happened on Saturday. Jazz put it away, have a double-digit difference, and in the fourth, they take care of things. Quinn Snyder said this after the game. The way they went into the road trip is a different team that they came out. Maybe, but that's bad news for teams upcoming. For the Jazz and the Clippers, that's why this is a good nexus point to assess where the Jazz are with a guy like David. That Jazz-Clippers series, these teams, very different. With the Jazz unable to defend on the perimeter, an unhealthy Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, and the Clippers playing without Kawhi Leonard but having outrageous shooting performances by Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson. Things have changed for both these teams. Rudy Gay has offered something different for the Jazz this year. They're still integrating him into it. And Hassan Whiteside has taken over the backup big minutes. As for the Clips, having to do that over a series, much easier than having to do it over a season. No Kawhi means they've had to rely so heavily on Paul George. He was out Monday night against the Suns. Catching that one, the guys they're relying offensively now, Reggie Jackson, it's Marcus Morris. Jackson's been thrust into so many decision-making moves that sometimes it could get bogged down offensively. They're winning games on the defensive end. The thing that's impressed me over the stretch that the Jazz are having is that they've been doing against pretty good defenses. Minnesota was top 10. Boston was a top 10 team defensively. And Cleveland has been playing stellar on that end. Clips are as well, and they've been grinding out games and results by virtue of their switchability, how versatile they are, how they get good minutes from Jackson, from Isaiah Hartenstein, from the rookie Brandon Boston, who has looked impressive in the early going. Wednesday offers the Jazz another look to get against a high-level defense And with the way that the offense is humming, they're number one in scoring in the interior and number one in three-point attempts. L.A. gets one day off in between the game. This isn't going to be the Ty Lue masterpiece game plan because it's just a regular season game. Mike, I'm looking forward to the wrinkles that they bring. 
It's usually competitive between Jazz Clippers regular season. It's on ESPN. It's a primetime game. The nation gets to see them. A couple of ESPN games. As they got this one and then Christmas Day coming up against the Mavericks. This is a time to jump on the bandwagon. I have a feeling a bunch of people are going to be jumping on. David Thorpe already has a seat, though. You want to hear how he got it. Anyway, podcast is also brought to you by Fanatics. For authentic Utah Jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanatics.com slash jazzgameuse. That's fanatics.com slash jazzgameuse. You know the drill. Five stars, nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Giveaway is on Friday. Jordan Clarkson jersey. So if you're listening to this one, you're getting an inside track to listening on Friday and hearing that we're giving away a Jordan Clarkson jersey. Let's get to David Thorpe. Wanted to have him on because he wrote about Rudy Gobert, and it starts out with us discussing the clip that went around Jazz Twitter last week. You saw it. You're on Jazz Twitter. You're listening to a jazz podcast. You're on utahjazz.com. You're on Jazz Twitter. If you're not, well, there was a clip that went around of Rudy defending multiple actions. This is in the fourth quarter, about three minutes left in the Cleveland game, if you want to go back to that. He's a supercomputer defending, and as equally as impressive as what he did, David went into that game that he was watching the Jazz wanting to write about Cleveland's big three, and and they have a good team going for them. I like the foundation that they have found with Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Jared Allen. They're good. But he went in with that focus, and even amongst that, catching that clip that goes around Jazz Twitter, Rudy Gobert absolutely stands out, so much so that he has to write about it. So he adds him as like a postscript to that piece about Cleveland. And now everybody's jumping on Cleveland. Everybody wants to get a piece of the Cavaliers. He was writing about that last week. So at birth from that, and we start there, we get around to what the Jazz playing level is at right now, how they've improved from the start of the season, what they can do going forward, and more. You don't want to miss it. It's David Thorpe on Round Ball Roundup. I didn't know that it was trending on Jazz Twitter. I was watching the game. I watched the game and had uh, right then decided I'm going to write an article about the Cavaliers having their big three. It's set. And uh, and they're awesome, and, by the way. They, they were awesome to watch in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, since I've written my article, I think there's been two other national articles about here come the Cavaliers. Yeah. Um, there was a number of Cavalier guys involved, really only Rudy on, on the Jazz. And so basically, it start, the play started. I forgot that you want to talk about this, so I think I've got it in my head. I've watched it enough times. Basically, Darius Garland had had a really good game. And so they looked like they were going to run a Garland-Mobley ball screen at the top of the key. And Utah decided they wanted to send two to the ball so Garland couldn't just beat them by himself like he had been. He had just made a three a couple of possessions before in this very, very close competitive game that Utah ended up winning. And, um, and so Mobley, as a 20-year-old rookie, he realized his guy is coming up to kind of trap uh, the ball. And Gobert has, was back guarding Jared Allen in the dunk spot, far away. So Mobley, we call it short roll. You kind of, you kind of escape the double team and you become the, the target or the receiver. The, um, 
uh, I call the pressure release guy. So Garland kind of lobs the ball to Mobley. Mobley immediately goes to play downhill and recognize that Gobert is a little bit up to guard him, which means Jaron Allen's open for the lob. But Mobley, who is a very good passer for a 20-year-old, does not throw a great pass. And I just don't – he's not used to playing against Rudy Gobert, who is the yeah. longest dude in the world with the biggest standing reach ever. And Gobert deflects it. And so, so, so now Gobert breaks up a short lob dunk. So the ball gets back to Mobley's hands with six seconds on the clock. Mobley, who is a, a good scorer, not a great scorer, but he thinks like a great scorer. He just doesn't finish great yet. He's 20 years old and he weighs a buck 80 or whatever he weighs in a man's league. So he, he lofts up a little like half hook with much better arc than what he had thrown the pass. Had he thrown the pass that arc, it would have been a dunk. And so we, so, so because of Rudy's presence as a contester, he has to put extra arc on it. The ball looks like it's going in. It rolls around like 340 of the 360 degrees of the rim. And Mobley is kind of bouncing up and down, like waiting for it to drop, but it pops out. Here comes Jared Allen ready for the tip in. He's right in the right spot to tip it in. Rudy bounces up and knocks it away from him beautifully. And, but he, he doesn't just knock it away from Jared Allen. He goes to tip it to himself, which is a drill that I've been doing for almost 30 years now. I can't speak to anyone else, but I work on self tips all the time. The rule is if you can't rebound the ball yourself, don't let the bad guys get it. So the next step would be if I can tip it to myself, not only am I keeping the bad guys from getting it, but I'm going to get it myself and start our transition, which is great. Or if you're an offensive rebounder, you get another shot. So Rudy tips it out and immediately chases it full speed. Mobley is so fast that as, and, and having just blown the lob pass and the flat, the six foot shot, most rookies I think would have taken a play off in a sense. When I say a play, I mean a beat off. Yeah. One or two beats of just, Oh, darn it. I missed not Mobley. He immediately tracks that ball full speed but Gobert is, has a little bit of an advantage in terms of the geography on the court. He was a little bit closer to the ball and had tipped it to himself purposefully, right? Mobley snakes out his left arm. And if you've seen the play, you know what I mean? Backhand tips it away from Gobert and Mike Conley. It was a genius play. This is what made me decide to write about this as much as anything. The genius of that. The, that's Kyle Lowry, Draymond Green, instant processing instant computer brain kind of stuff so Mobley with who's super long-armed I call him Mr. Fantastic because he's like Mr. Stretchy Arms now he beats Gobert and Mike Conley to the ball tips it out to Garland uh Garland uh attacks the rim <laughs> this is amazing all one player Gobert's near the three-point line I've got an angle to the rim there's no other jazz guys to worry about on the court well Rudy Gobert doesn't take plays off so Rudy smokes it to the rim, blocks, and this is all by memory. Again, I wrote this a week ago, blocks the shot easily. Like, like uh, Garland messed up. He, we call putting yourself in jail when you get so close to the rim that your shot ends up going straight up in the air. It's just the easiest shot to block. So Gobert blocks it. And, and then the only mistake he probably made, but it's a, it's a good mistake, is as he's falling out of bounds, Gobert, who, who's there to save the ball? Rudy Gobert. And instead of just kind of landing out of bounds and, and the Cavs get possession, 
He tries to start a fast break, but he's falling down, so he can't muscle it up enough. Rubio, Ricky Rubio, makes a very nice play to get the defense, to get the loose ball, so it's a turnover. Gets the ball to Garland, who's now on the wing. And Mobley's not really sure what, to, no, Jared Allen's not sure what to do. Uh, do I set a ball screen for him? Do I don't? The ball's on the side. Gobert recognizes right away, okay, Garland's on the wing. I'm not going to guard Jared Allen. It's not a shooting threat who's going to set like a middle screen for him, probably. So Gobert stays home on the right block. Garland knows, I'm not doing this again. He blo- he, he, he's kind of forced baseline. He attacks Rudy, but quickly stops and pops a, not, uh, stops and pops a nice little floater off the board and scores. Very nice play by Garland, recognizing that you're not going to challenge a standing still Rudy Gobert. He already failed when he was Gobert was behind him. So to me, the secret of Rudy Gobert is not that he's tall and long. Anyone can see that who doesn't know basketball. And it's not that he blocks shots. It's that his motor is so hot. All things happen because Rudy plays so hard and has these other gifts that are valuable. But I think, it's, I think his motor is neglected way too often when we evaluate him. And so that's why I made it in my article, which was about the Cavaliers having their big three going forward. Like, like they're going to win a championship one day. Them in Atlanta both have, have, the, have the roster to win a championship down the road, not this year. I did a second little note on how good Rudy Gobert is. It was an awesome game to watch from those both ends. But yeah. Rudy is playing at such a high level. And you've known this. I mean, you had the tweet about him eventually going to take down Team USA in an international tournament. You remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. You have that. You've been on this train for a while. It's interesting that it happened the same week. Last week, the the Timberwolves have their postgame where, you know, they start talking about how Rudy is not as feared as a Chris Stapps Porzingis or something. Whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But why is it that sometimes he just doesn't get that same level of respect from players that are actually playing on the floor. Okay. So first of all, I'm so glad you remember that tweet. Um, I'm not right all the time. I'm I'm probably wrong plenty of times, but he was a rookie when I wrote that. And and this was summer league, by the way, in summer league, I realized, Oh, this dude's going to beat team USA one day. If anyone's ever going to beat team USA is this guy, because the re- my thought process back then was he's going to be the best rim protector on the globe. Mm-hmm. And Team USA beats every team. This was this is going back to his rookie year. So how long ago was that? 10 years ago? Yes. I think nine technically, but 10 so, years. Yeah. 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 So back then, we beat you when I say we because I'm American with defense and transition scoring and attacking the rim and shooting. My thought was with Rudy Gobert on the court for team for Team France in a different kind of game. International game is so different and it's a shorter game. So there's eight less minutes for the better team to score more points. So in other, in other words, if you took yep. a terrible team and a great team, the chances of the terrible team winning are, are decrease every, every extra minute you play. They can win a one-minute game. They're not going to win any 48-minute games. 40-minute game, the advantage is a little bit to the underdog. So my thought was, Rudy Gobert is on the court. If Team USA is a bad shooting game, they're going to lose because they're just not going to kill the, the paint with Rudy Gobert on the court. That was my thinking on that. As to why he's not as respected as he should be, I'm not going to have Pat Beverly, who I adore as a player. I don't know that he's representative of the average NBA player. I think that this is just my guess. I do talk to a lot of players. Um, 
I think that it doesn't help that he's French just because Americans are stupid. Just like the French are stupid about the Italians or whatever. It's all a, a nationality stupid thing. And that he's so tall and he's a little bit awkward and different. All I know is it doesn't really matter. He's, I think, maybe the best defensive player of all time, going back to Bill Russell. Because it's just such a different era. It's really unfair. But I, I would argue in terms of pure on-court impact based on the talent level that's on the court. Because remember, Bill Russell was not playing the same talent level. Guys couldn't use their weekend back then, as an example, or shoot. You kind of knew they were going to the rim. I would say Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player of all time. Hakeem Olajuwon will be the only one that's close, but he wasn't asked to do what Rudy's asked to do. And so I think he's the best of all time. Well, and for that, you've, I've heard you say he is the face of analytics in a way. What do you mean by that? Yeah, because he, he doesn't lead, did he ever lead the league in block shots? I think early in his career. Not recently, yeah, though. But not, not when he was a great player. Maybe just a great shot blocker. I think that uh, he dunks the ball, which he leads the league in dunks every year. So he's got a good field goal percentage all the time. He doesn't take any bad shots. He doesn't lead the league in block shots. He doesn't lead in rebounding, although this year he might. This is a career yeah. year for him rebounding, right? It's great to see that he's still ascending. And yet, so, so he's, not, he's not the best at any one thing until you start looking at advanced metrics, where he's the most in last year. Nikola Jokic was the best player in the world. I, I think he's the best player in the world this year, too. I wrote about him a month ago, and now it looks like, you know, I may be right that he's, he really is the best in the world. I think, I think he is. Number two player last year in advanced metrics was Rudy. It wasn't anyone else. It was Rudy Gobert. This year, I don't think he's quite there, but that's all because other guys are playing out of their minds, too. Steph Curry being one of them. Donovan Mitchell's having an – I think he's having a secret MVP. I don't think Donovan Mitchell's your best player. I think Rudy Gobert is your best player. I said that last year too, but I can't discount that Donovan's having a career year and you guys are probably going to be in the best team in the league again, in my opinion, record wise, I think you'll end up being there at the end. And so, I mean, I have to look at Donovan as an MVP candidate, but Rudy is your most valuable player in my opinion, because as you see in the postseason, when teams just can't play their regular style, because that allows him to protect the paint too much. And I've tweeted about this too. Pe people think, that um, Rudy is targeted in the postseason, and therefore he isn't as valuable. The reality is he's schemed for, like, like you too young remember Lawrence Taylor. Um, but when Lawrence Taylor was breaking quarterbacks' legs, uh, he had to be schemed for in a way that showed up at every scouting report that wasn't often the case for linebackers or rushing defensive ends in the NFL. He, would, he was a game changer that way, same as Deion Sanders as a quarterback. You had a scheme for him in a way you didn't typically scheme for cornerbacks. Well, you have to scheme for Rudy Gobert. You have to come up with a way to get him out of the paint and not have him destroy you on the other end, which you could argue is a flaw of Rudy's, and I'll get into that. Uh, that, doesn't mean, that doesn't make him a target. It's, it's an honor to be schemed for, and he's deserved that honor. He's incredible. Well, that's why it's so interesting to have you ahead of Jazz Clippers because this was – the series where they schemed for him. They w downsized. Yeah. They have Terrence Mann and, and Reggie Jackson have these crazy games. But what happened was they were beaten by the perimeter so often that Rudy wasn't underneath the basket there able to, to defend those shots. And on the other end, he wasn't able to punish them when they went small and he had a smaller defender on him. How does he change that script 
this year? Well, so first of all, so for last season, uh, yeah, just to be clear, he wasn't getting beat off the dribble. No. Other yeah. Jazz defenders were getting no. beat off the dribble. And then he was asked to protect the rim because no one else, Joe Ingles, was going to protect the rim. He had like, two jobs, two jobs in yeah, that. Yeah, I, I tweeted, like, here's the list of people, uh, here's the list of beings that could do what Rudy Gobert is doing. Superman, Spider-Man, the Hulk, like, like just superheroes. <laughs> There's no human being that can do, in the history of basketball, no human, human can do what, what the Jazz need Rudy to do in the, in the postseason. They need to guard the ball better when it's not Rudy Gobert on the ball, then, and they're better off. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and I think Quinn does this every postseason, is he, I understand why some coaches tighten up their rotation. Uh, but he had the best bench in the league, in my opinion. He had, he had some killer lineups um, where I thought his best lineup wasn't the starting lineup. It was, if I remember correctly, it was Clarkson, Conley, uh, uh, Niang, Ingles, Gobert. Yep. Destroyed that, teams. That second, where they would play against second units and destroy them. Yeah. Right. And, well, but some teams, yeah. it was up to them. And, and, but it also gave Donovan extra rest. It gave Royce extra rest. It gave Bogdanovich extra rest. And so I, and it got Joe as more of a primary playmaker, which I thought really helped him last year. And, uh, and it, you just didn't barely see that lineup at all. And I thought that was a big mistake that Quinn's made, that Quinn made. And he's done it a couple of times. Um, so to me, it's going to be a little different. First of all, Niang's not there anymore. Second, you know, in my opinion, too bad for Utah, but Rudy, Rudy Gay is a, is a probably a better overall offensive player. I'm not convinced he's a better defensive player anymore. George was an amazing defensive player for you guys last year. Um, and he's only 12 games in. So we have to, we are, we're going to wait, hold judgment on him and Eric Pascal. Uh, but Ingles isn't playing as well. So I'm a little, con- not nearly as well. I'm a little concerned about that. But uh, what Quinn's got to do is two things. Number one, he's got to come up with a defensive scheme to try to keep slashers in front of him better, in front of them better. Uh, and secondly, I think they've got to be more hyper, they've got to be hyper aware of how to use Gobert on the offensive end with screen and roll or even just getting deep seals. It's, his strength is not posting up and scoring, but he can seal and score at the rim against smaller guys if they go small. Uh, I would guess that they're, going to be ready for that um well he looked like that against teams in the olympics that yeah, olympic yeah. rudy where he's he's really you can see those seals against yeah you know, those international teams right. you mentioned some of the differences between international play and nba can those be exasperated in the playoffs is it more even more so different in well those moments? you could be more physical in the international game. So Rudy is allowed to use his body even more there than he is in the NBA. This year, they're calling it less. They're allowing more physicality. So maybe Rudy could do that more. I also think that it's just, you know, it's a, it's when you grow up in the same place, it's sometimes hard to recognize that this guy isn't the same guy as he used to be. And so this is why sometimes teams like to have a changeover is everyone still sees Rudy Gobert. Um, as the old Rudy Gobert, you know, I joke, I joke about this, but I was a really little guy for most of my life. And then uh, I didn't go to any high school reunions um, for 20 years. I was just busy. Summertime was my time coaching. I was always traveling the world, coaching basketball. Uh, and my wife and I went, maybe it was my 25th anniversary. I'm almost 57. That was a while ago. Uh, and uh, all the girls that weren't on Facebook and hadn't seen me since I was 18 
told me they had to run back and look at the yearbook. I just looked so different. Uh, and even some of the girls that are on Facebook and knew what I looked like, they still saw the little David Thorpe because I was really little until I was 17 years old. When I say really little, five, six, five, seven, five, eight, I'm six foot. Well, I'm still I was. there. Now I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my way back down now <laughs> as a 57 year old. Um, it's human nature. I also, I, I've worn a shadow for two, 20 plus years. Basically, since I had my kids, I stopped shaving more or less because it, it no longer matters once you're a dad what you look like anymore. As long as your wife likes you, it's about your kids. And I'll see people who's, who have known me since I was young and say, oh, you're not shaving now. Well, I haven't shaved the last 40 times you saw me. But our human brain is just fixates on what it used to know. And mm -hmm. what the jazz used to know about Rudy no longer computes to this Rudy Gobert, but they don't always see it. So it's got, that's where coaching comes in. And I'm not saying Quinn's not slamming them for it at all. It's a process. Guys, we have got to pulverize them with Rudy inside. If we go Rudy and they go small. And if we don't, it doesn't work, so be it. But let's at least try. And then we'll go to plan C. If it doesn't work out, we see him again, you know? Now, let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out at First Colony Mortgage. Uh, I think Donovan has really upgraded his defensive effort. Okay. And uh, I would I would guess Dwayne Wade has at least some part of that. The, I mean, the coaches deserve credit. Donovan deserves the most credit. But I would also guess, again, that when Dwayne Wade says is holding you more accountable on defense, how do you ignore that? First of all, he's a minority owner. Secondly, he's Dwayne Wade. <laughs> you know, you got to pay attention to Dwayne Wade when he's talking about defense if you're Donovan Mitchell. And you should. And so that's a game changer for me as, a, as someone who's who's I still think the Jazz are going to win the championship. And I did not think that a month and a half ago. I was a little worried about this change in their second rotation. There's their, their bench rotation. But Donovan playing like this, Rudy playing like this, I'm a little concerned about Bogdanovich and Ingles, to be fair. Royce is the same. Conley's maybe a little bit better even. He's just more comfortable in that offense, seems to be. Um, I'm a little worried about Bogdanovich. They can also trade him, potentially. Uh, but given everyone else out there, I still think Jazz... If I was picking a team, I'd, I'd pick Utah. I'm not afraid they haven't won before. I don't care about that. Um, I think that uh, Donovan is he's just he's trending up. And he's a tremendous player who's incredible in the postseason. He and Conley, and the story of last year was not Rudy Gobert and the Clippers going small. It was Donovan and, and Conley being hurt. Yeah. Donovan was nothing like himself. Even if Quinn plays his bench, I don't know if they win because of Donovan. But uh, I do think Quinn... I think that the Jazz are deep this year again, and he should take advantage of it more in the postseason. But Donovan playing like this will help a ton. What is that change from the beginning of the year? Because everybody saw it. We saw it here uh, in just in noticing they still had the number one offense, according to rating, but it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel right the way that they were playing offensively. It wasn't the same as it was last season. What has changed over the month and a half? I mean, they just had different players. It's, um, I was watching a game the other night. I was watching Chicago play Miami 
and DeRozan was out. This is before they had everyone out, but DeRozan yeah. was out. But Caruso played, Lonzo Ball played, Levine played, Vooch played. But the other guys were different. Alfonso McKinney played, Troy Brown played. Um, and there's just that lack of connection, that lack of connectivity where you just know before you see. Think about that. You know it before you see it. The Jazz last year were on autopilot in a good way. I mean, and, and this is another thing. Ingles and Niang played beautifully together. And I don't think it's why Joe has struggled this year, but it hasn't helped. Mm-hmm. Right? Ingles plays at his best when he is, is really slower than everybody. He knows where every piece of the chessboard is and can maneuver. He's got his, his big brain is a big part of who he is, his skill game and his brain, not his athleticism, right? Well, give him time, give that big brain time to compute the new parameters of the offense. So, and the, you know, the players and, and Donovan's a little bit different now and Rudy's a little bit better on offense. And maybe that affects Joe some, I don't really know what Bogdanovich's issue is, but uh, they still have some considerable upside to move into the Jazz can get much better. They've won seven straight. Not that they beat a lot of you know great teams, but you never apologize for a win streak. And uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make it eight tonight. Like they're a better team. What level can they reach when you look at the way that the Warriors have played and the way that that Phoenix has played? I was super impressed by that matchup that they had a couple weeks back, where they were playing back and forth. And even without uh, Devin Booker, it was still a high level of play. Yeah, the, 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 one, the one challenge they have, it, I think Golden State's not a great matchup for them. I, don't, I, I, I like Royce O'Neal, but not as a Steph Curry guy. Maybe, maybe other people do. I, and nothing against Utah. It's hard to find a guy to guard Steph Curry. Um, but the way the Warriors play offense. Matisse Thibel, uh, I guess. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah, wow. I, I, I talked to a player about Matisse one, uh, last year and just – he, it was a teammate. He could not believe the kind of defender he was in just pickup games. He was awesome at Washington. Being yeah. in, in the Pac-12, you know, yeah. t- territory, seeing him a bunch. He was awesome on Washington. They weren't an awesome team. I get it. But even in college, and especially playing in a 2-3 zone that they were playing, him being yeah. long-limbed and everything, it highlighted so much of his his prowess on that end. Yeah, so uh, the Warriors with their, like we call it true hoop, we call it the Cuisinart, the offense they run can really spread Utah out and give Rudy some issues. Um, uh, and Draymond as a facilitator can cause, it, it probably they're better off when Draymond plays the five and drawing Rudy out, same as before, that the Cuisinart cut him up a little bit. Um, and on the other end, I think Draymond is such a good post defender that he can, he can keep Rudy at bay a little bit. So that matchup's not great. But on the other hand, I mean, Utah's got more overall talent, probably. Uh, it, it could be a great series. But Golden State, I mean, it's, we're just a long way. I'm not going to – I think the, I think if I was a Jazz fan, I would just want – let's just continue to build – you know, get Rudy Gay more acclimated to what, you know, George Yang was such an important cog. Well, now it's Rudy's job. And uh, uh, Whiteside seems to be an upgrade over Favors, so that's a good thing. Clarkson is is uh, uh, not quite the offensive player he was last year. There's a long way to go, sixty almost sixty games left where he can get that going. But um, Donovan being better makes a difference. And Rudy, I mean, your two best players getting better makes a big difference. What is it about Florida State that they're producing so many pros? 
Even Trent Forrest has been an, Forrest. Yeah. an awesome. I, he can be a solid Howell Neto in the league. Yeah, you know, he he can stick around. He really oh can. for sure. Yeah, I'm a big. It's funny. My son got his room last year, and that oh. young man, that young man go. took him out to lunch on his first full day, amidst COVID. They had an outdoor lunch, and he said, "Like you're getting my room. I was captain. They must think well of you." I, I don't know if they did or not, but he it meant the world to Max that a guy like that would take him out to lunch. And he left him a big poster on his wall of um, uh, of Trent, of Trent and the team. It was cool. Yeah, I'm very impressed with that young man. Very impressed. Um, I think they just do a good job recruiting. And uh, I, I think that they, uh, my, my son would say, they do a great job recruiting the right people. You have to be, I, heard, I listened to uh, Fred Van Vliet talk about Scotty Barnes. And Fred said, um, you have to be accountable and you have to be, open to being held accountable. And he said, that's what he loves about Nick nurse coaches. his got their guys and he coaches Scotty he benched him for a behind the back pass. I didn't see it that Scotty, I guess, messed up and he benched for that. And, uh, but Scotty also, Scotty also started shooting more threes. Cause Nick said, start shooting more threes. I don't care if you make them and he, he's made them, but uh, he, even if he didn't know if he'd make them or not, when he took them, he's coachable. And my son would say, cause I've asked him about this and other people have too same question you've asked and my son has said it's amazing every every recruit we bring on campus is just the best guy ever like they're just really and i talked to coach hamilton when, when we visited the school uh right before the pandemic hit and he said um i said what's changed and he said we've just really just kind of adjusted how we go about identifying who we want in this program my wife cried when they when they gave max's opportunity because she knew he was being surrounded by amazing people Trent Forrest is just one example. Terrence Mann. I mean, my son is friends all these guys now because they, these guys give back. They come back in the summer and they play pickup with the guys. And you'll see my son will be on Instagram and he'll get NBA guys who, you know, guys like Raekwon Gray and Scotty commenting. Duke has had this for a long time. Carolina, probably Kansas. You know, Florida State is not having a great season so far this year. I still think they have a good upside, but there's, they have a lot of freshmen and young players. They're now in that, they're the second winningest ACC team in the last like seven years or whatever, five years, because they're recruiting those kind of guys. It's great to see because Trent, I mean, like you said, he's he's so giving. Uh, I was able to catch up with him at Summer League when he was playing playing really well and showing those skills. They had the Florida State crew meet meet there in Vegas and, yeah, and have, have a yeah. dinner, you know, like that that type of thing it's it's good to see that those bonds extend to to the current team as well and it'll last forever yeah they on game day the school social media account will post something and the nba guys are always let's go big game whatever they're just again duke has done this for years carolina those schools are famous for bringing their pros back in the summer and playing pickup now florida state does it too and um uh and they're, you know, the most important thing is they're just quality people. And I think, I think NBA teams are smart to value that. I think they're smart to your point on Neto, who's playing well for the Wizards. I think Trent never had to learn, uh, Trent never had to learn to shoot the ball because no one could ever stay in front of him. But he can, he knows how to play. I had a jazz player tell me, I guess it was last year, uh, this kid's gonna make it. Yeah, I don't know how much he's playing this year. I haven't looked, but uh, he, he's on a he's on a really talented deep team, so it's not easy for him. Yeah, he's playing in that third point guard role third yeah. ball handler you know um, yeah, he's just got to bide his time and get lucky a little bit he gets chances yeah. and, he, and he shows it he he is a smart player he yeah. doesn't make mistakes when yeah. he's out there i say that all the time to make the league in many respects 
when you're not a drafted player. Uh, you've got to know how to play and, and guard. And and then to get paid, you have to make threes. I've been saying that for 20 years now. Yeah, no, that's the formula. True Hoops, David Thorpe on utahjazz.com. David, thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Be safe. Thank you.